0: So so
1: so so much. I love you so 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 so. so, 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 so Hello all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast where we are firmly convinced that creating success and happiness is rooted in understanding the ultimate nature of reality and the fact that as human beings, we are all immensely powerful fractals of the one and only source consciousness which creates and animates all things. Now, of course, understanding this powerful truth is one thing. Applying this incredibly empowering wisdom to everyday life, well, that's another. Which is exactly why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week to help constantly remind you of what matters most you are it and i'm your host brandon beecham i'm the reflection and extension of you who will be here each wednesday interviewing a different consciousness change maker and on the other four weekdays leading the way to ensure that your perspective is consistently expanded your vibration is constantly elevated and your heart is overflowing and full And you guys have heard me say that if I ever run ads on the show, it will only be with a company that I fully support because I believe their intention is to make a positive difference in the world. Well, I'm pleased to announce that day has arrived and that this episode of the Positive Head podcast is being brought to you thanks to the support of Gaia. If you're not familiar, Gaia is the go-to source for streaming consciousness content online. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot forward slash positive head. Check it out. All right, all you positive heads, on this week's interview episode, I'm very excited to have Sandra Champlain here with me on the show. Sandra is an afterlife researcher and author of the book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Hello there, Sandra. Welcome to the show.
0: Hello, Brandon. I'm so grateful you invited me. I'm really happy to be yeah,
1: here. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a topic that I love to explore. Uh, you know, I've had had Evan Alexander on uh, many months ago, and you know, it's just it's such a hot topic always in society. And I love the fact that it jumped out that you are coming from a skeptic's perspective, and I think that's important because there's a lot of people out there who are skeptical, and uh, when you can kind of see both sides of the coin, it helps you to. Uh, understand more fully what what you're dealing with, right?
0: Oh, definitely. I, I wasn't just a skeptic. I was like adamant that there's no possible way any of this stuff could be real. Right. So it, it took me um, trying to just cure a fear of dying, you know, and I, I got right. into this world I never expected myself in. So wow. it's, I, I feel that's what makes me a good messenger because I can definitely see both sides of the coin because I've yeah. been there.
1: Right, right. And so often that's the case with people. It's like, you know, the person who has dealt with the particular handicap is the best one to speak about it. The person, you know, who had the addiction is the best one to help heal others. And before we dive... And before we dive into your story and how, you know, I want to hear all of it, Uh, I like to, uh, I get so excited here. I got ahead of myself. I always like to ask the same question opening up Uh, and it's, uh, you're in an elevator. Uh, The woman next to you looks over, says, what's your passion? You've got 10 floors to answer. What do you say?
0: Wow. Great question. I would say, hmm. I help people believe in life after death because when we don't have a fear of dying we won't have a fear of living and I help mm. empower people to live the best possible life.
1: That's a good passion. I'm 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 in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Well, Me too. why don't you take a, why don't you take a few minutes and just uh, give us a little background? Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you go from from you know skeptic to where you're at now and just share what what you feel called to share?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. A little bit about me. I'm talking to you now from Massachusetts. I have a day job. I am a chef. My mom and I own a catering business and we cater for race car teams around the United States and Canada. So, uh, interesting background. So, I still maintain that. And in between races, I help, you know, share the word we don't die and empower people through grief and to the other side of that. And how it all came about um, back in the day when I was a teenager, I worked in a nursing home and I saw a lot of death. And although I never really made this connection, I think my mom did because I, I, you know, if you fast forward to when I was uh, about 30 something years old I developed this huge fear of dying and it was one of these where I'd look up at the stars and I'd start thinking there's such a bigger picture you know and uh, even though I was I grew up Catholic went to Catholic school most of my education um, just having faith in God and Jesus and what I learned and church and in school wasn't enough to make the fear of death go away. And I wasn't mm. sick. I, I did witness um, my grandfather's death. I had pets that had died uh, when I was 14 years old. My dad was diagnosed with cancer, but miraculously survived a few months later. And but, but this fear of like, when I go to bed at night, if I did die, what would happen? Is it just over at, right. or not? And so being somebody that never believed in life after death as far as – this new age conversation. You know, I go into Barnes and Noble's or Borders bookstores and I'd see that new age section and I would actually feel sorry for the people that were sitting reading those books.
1: It was you probably bad. passed me. You probably yeah. passed me. And <laughs> oh
0: my God. But it was really corner. like, I would just think these people need to get a life. If you can't see it and touch it and feel it, like it's not real. And right. not a bad thing. I mean, I grew up with my dad was an airline pilot uh, and Had, I guess, instilled in us kids, I think maybe it was a healthy skepticism, but we, well, let me just say we had a lady who lived in our small town in Connecticut where I grew up, who was a psychic, and she said she made her... Uh, prediction that the Maid of the Mist boat that circled around the um, Niagara Falls was going to capsize, and there were going to be all these deaf children. I remember that, and they were all going to die. So that was the big prediction coming from this lady. And I remember Hold on, she dad, predicted
1: she predicted that it was going to capsize, and there would be deaf children on it at the time. Yes. Is it? Oh, that's a pretty detailed prediction. Okay,
0: it, it was, and it didn't come true, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember my parents just like laughing at it. Like nobody mm-hmm. can say what the future is going to hold. Nobody can right. tell you your, you know, dead loved ones are around. I mean, and so I always believed my parents. They were the anchor to my life. And of uh, yeah, my dad's no longer presently on earth, but my mom is. But it's like, yeah, what they say goes. So I think that's probably where I got it from. And then, right. so this later on this big fear of dying hits, right? So, what do I do? Um, I have got to quench this thirst for knowledge. So, I hadn't even planned on visiting any of this woo-woo talk, as I would call it. But I started studying religions. And I first started with my own religion, and then I got into all kinds of different religions, and even uh, Buddhism, and all kinds of things, and... Although I I got this really great picture that most of the religions on planet Earth believe in the afterlife, uh, right. nobody said anything that just, like, rested my fear. So, okay, what do I do now? And so, I had a friend who was a little on the woo-woo side, but I still liked her. Nancy was her name. Mm. And she invited me to see uh, someone who was a, a medium, And, Mm. um, you know, there's a little backstory there, too long to share right this second, but bottom line is I went to see this woman named Doreen Virtue in a group of several hundred people, and she was doing a stage show. So, you know, I'm always up for entertainment, and she was so specific with people in the audience, who she saw around them, the people would just fall apart, you know, I mean really specifics. And so my mind's going, Well, this can't possibly be real. This is entertainment. What's the trick? They're planted in the audience. Right. And I thought and by the end of that evening though, it wasn't like she was trying to sell us anything. And I thought, God, this didn't cost a lot of money to experience what I just did. So what was starting to happen is this fear of dying was like saying, You gotta you gotta research this. You know, so I discreetly looked on the internet and i found this doreen virtue had a three-day course in mediumship and the promise brandon was if you attend my course you will be someone who can accurately tell the dead people around others so i'm thinking there's no freaking way that's quite the guarantee and i gotta take this course So I lied to everybody in my life and I said I was going to a uh, workshop about human development because, you know, I was doing that kind of stuff at the time. And so I very secretly flew out to uh, Laguna Beach is where we were.
1: Oh, that's right near me. I'm one one city over from where I'm at right now.
0: Very cool. I I used to live there. Oh, super place. But there I was with this group of what I would call woo-woo people not a great right. expression but you know they're wearing like the uh, long dresses and the gypsy wear and stuff and mostly women right. about tw- 20 people there's a couple of guys there and then there's me I'm thinking what the heck am I doing here So, Doreen seemed nice enough, and she said, "Uh, I want to just explain a little bit about mediumship and where our uh, dead friends live and, you know, how it is that we can connect with them. And she says, you know, over the course of this weekend, I'll be showing you how to do it, but I want to just give you an overview. So, just for fun, she says, I I want you to just pretend we're mediums. We're just going to walk you through how we will do it when the time comes. So, she says, everybody get a partner. So I picked some lady, I didn't know anybody, and it's just sit knee to knee, and she says, I want you to hold hands, I want you to close your eyes, I want you to pretend there's this white light of safe energy around you. And she says, your family and friends that are in the hereafter, they still uh, retain their personalities, and so you got to be polite, introduce yourself to them, and she says, basically, I want one of you guys to go first, and she says, I want you to pretend that there's a person standing behind your partner. And with your eyes closed, just tell the story, make up who they are, they would be relate, you know, how they're related if they are, maybe what they died from, maybe if you hear a name, what they did for a living. And she says, this is basically how a medium reading is done. So, she said, I just want you mm-hmm. to play, make make somebody up. So, I said, oh, all right, I'll go first. And so, I'm holding this woman's hands. Oh, we had to connect heart to heart. And I said, okay, uh, any of this woman's friends or family, my name's Sandra, and I don't know why I'm at this course, you know, I'm thinking all this, but I'm willing mm-hmm. to play. And so, in my mind's eye, Brandon, I invented a man. So, I said to this woman, I said, I see a man behind you. And I just start making up these details, just things that came into my mind. He uh, would have been your grandfather on your mother's side. Uh, I Here in my mind, in my imagination, Denmark. Uh, here in my mind, Jan. So, I said, okay, his name is Jan from Denmark. I see in my Imagination, a picture of a fishing boat. I said, oh, he's a fisherman. I see a man puffing a cigarette. I saw he died of lung cancer. Um, and I said that he had a big gap between his front teeth. He had blonde hair, blue eyes. I said, he's, because there's usually a message. I said, he never told your mother that he loved her while he was on earth and he regrets that and could you please tell her that he loves her mm-hmm. so I opened my eyes and I was really pretty matter of fact about it because I was making it up so I opened yeah, my yeah. eyes you
1: had the free pass to be yeah. like you know yeah
0: right I opened my eyes and there's just streams of tears coming down her her face her grandfather on her mom's side was named Jan whoa he worked a fishing boat in Denmark he died of what? lung cancer <laughs> He fit the description, wow. and she had heard the stories that you know her own mother was never said told I love you by her father. I got wow. every detail correct.
1: Holy, holy smokes! Talk about a talk about a star pupil. Are you kidding? That's incredible.
0: Well, yeah, it was really incredible, and what happened in that instant. It was one of those holy cow experiences for me. Yeah,
1: your like, whole reality has just been like yeah, altered, right?
0: If there is such things as mediums, my mind was thinking it wouldn't possibly be me. Who <laughs> right. am I? I'm a girl who doesn't believe in this. So then my mm-hmm. partner, who didn't know a thing about me, correctly <laughs> talked about my grandfather. That his name was John. He worked walked with a cane. He had a big. Uh, uh, German Shepherd dog described what he wore for work and I thought oh my gosh so for the course of those three days I decided to just play with this see where it's gonna go and I spent it was less than half of the time that I was correct because guess what these images show up just like your imagination so right. how do you distinguish what's your imagination and what's not? You know, so the next yeah. person I went to work with totally wrong, um, but yeah. then some things totally right. And yeah. so that weekend settled my, started settling my my curiosity, my urge to know, um, and the fear of dying started disappearing. And so I I didn't tell anybody I went on that course because, first of all, I'm the girl that doesn't believe this, and what would anybody say if i said i took a course in mediumship they'd say who do you see around me and then me if i got it wrong i would be ridiculed this is all my ego and Mm -hmm. have this huge you know like people would laugh at me like i laughed at other people so i kept it quiet for many 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 years Um, but very secretly what i was doing is i thought jesus this is possible what else is possible So I would, on my free time, you know, I dabbled in. Like hypnosis, I dabbled in learning it, not just taking a course, I mean, not just being hypnotized, but like learning how it works. You know, I, mm-hmm. I did a lot about human development things. There's, um, yeah, dousing, um, how people would find underground streams of, of water You know, to put wells in, you know, like, well, what's that all about? Uh, there's something called electronic voice phenomena, which mm-hmm. I'd love to tell you the story, which is actually the thing that had me come out publicly Wow. about all of this and then um yeah and then fast forward just a little bit more is that this ego of mine is pretty heavy duty because it's it, it I don't know where this came from but I think a lot of us human beings feel like maybe we're not good enough uh, but I felt like I was stupid like there are things I wanted to share but I thought nobody's ever gonna believe me so I very conveniently got busy in my own life um, and and would put All this miraculous stuff that I had seen and witnessed and experienced like on the back burner and that little, we all have this little voice inside of our head and it's very often not empowering, you know, it it doesn't say kind things to me when I look in the mirror in the morning or step on the scale or or any of those kind of things, but that little voice would tell me, you know, my words didn't matter, Um, nobody's going to listen to you you know what's more important is whatever my day-to-day life would be. It would say things like, you know, those those experiences didn't really happen. And mm. so, um, you know, looking back, I'm I'm glad it all happened the way it did because I I've really witnessed how much I would believe that little voice in my head. And here's just a little uh, side note: I decided to um, run a marathon. Uh, just out of the blue, and I was not physically fit. And um, I thought, well, let me train. Let me just see how this happens. And and so, the long story short of it is that I ended up getting up to running probably about 16 miles, certainly not the 26.2 that it takes to run a, a marathon. But I decided I'm not going to run a marathon, but on one cold winter's day, I actually plotted out 26.2 miles from my house. uh, And to like, I thought, well, at least I'm going to accomplish something. I'm going to walk a marathon. And so Mm -hmm. it took me almost eight hours, you know, but I did it. And so when I got home, uh, you know, it was all by myself. No, there was nobody cheering me on, but when I got back home, that little voice said to me, you didn't succeed because you didn't run it. Don't tell mm. anybody. And, you know, it hit me. Like, I don't care how you move 26.2 miles, whether you walk it, run it, crawl it. That is an accomplishment. And in that moment, sure. and I'm thinking, and I've been buying into this little voice that's yeah. been telling me all this negative stuff. Right. So I like to call that voice the voice <laughs> because right. so many times we think it's telling us the truth and it's not. And I think that's – and and it was telling me don't buy into life after death. Don't buy – you know, like it didn't even have me question, you know. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah,
1: it makes me think of a um – um episode that i just recorded where we talked just about this very thing and like uh you're really not free until you stop caring what other people think right and it it, you got all these ideas of why we're not good enough and what are people going to think and if you can put that stuff aside uh long enough to actually uh enjoy yourself and to just live life on your own terms and you know the amount of possibility that opens up is fantastic.
0: Yeah, and it's also when we can show the world who we really are and we can be fully us without yeah. caring if we look bad or if we look silly or what somebody's going to say, man, that's when we're the most lovable. It really is. Right. I think
1: yeah. so, anyways. Embracing vulnerability is a superpower, I believe. And, Amen, uh, brother. And, yes. <laughs> yeah. and so, I, I definitely applaud you for doing that because obviously, you've went, uh, you've had a long, winding road in doing so. Now you're this, you know, public pit figure, a book, "We Don't Die," a skeptic's discovery to life after death. I mean, you obviously have come full circle, right?
0: Yeah, I'd love to tell you a really synchronistic story. Um, Oh,
1: as many as you got. I love them. Yeah, I
0: got (laughs) some. I'll just just sprinkle them in. When I had met that uh, Doreen Virtue, and I had taken that three-day course out in California, Mm -hmm. uh, we each got an opportunity to have a one-on-one reading with her. And Mm -hmm. mine, I don't really remember. It was 2002. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Um, Yeah. Back before I was... Fully engaged in any of this, and she looked at me and she says, "You're going to change the world." I said, "Wow." What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm a chef for race car teams. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, "You're going to help people believe in life after death." Wow. And she says, and it's going to come from you being—I don't even remember what the word was—like a not new ager, basically. Right, right, right. And there, you know, and so that population will listen and I, I'm looking at her like well nice for you to say but you got me confused with somebody else because I said I'm just dabbling in this to see if you know if there's anything yeah. real she's like "Oh, it's okay you don't have to believe me but that's what's going to happen She like, she's so matter of fact about it <laughs> uh, and, I thought, and so now you know and it took really the death of my dad to get me and which I'll share about in a little bit um t- to get me launched about how Important this stuff is. And so here we are recording this now on a nice summer's day, 2017. And I'm like, holy cow, I am the one. <laughs> you know, yeah. I have now not just the book, somebody filmed a documentary about me, which is awesome. And oh, wow. uh, I have my own podcast with almost 200 episodes now. And gosh, some days there's 10,000 listeners. It's like, <gasps> that's incredible. The that one. is
1: incredible. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can't can, turn oh.
0: around and it's great.
1: Yeah. Well uh, yeah, you know, I was not aware that there was a documentary, and now I definitely got to check it out. And your podcast is uh We Don't Die as well, correct?
0: Yes. Yep. And if you go to we don't die radio mm-hmm. that's my main right. website. It's also Sandra champlain.com but not everybody can spell my name. So, anyways, <laughs> it takes you to the same same site and um and you can see all the different episodes. And uh, yeah, we share Dr. Evan Alexander, who is amazing. Um, and yeah. so many more people. Because I, I feel this desire now to learn more and who's out there. And everybody connect yeah. arm in arm. And now, like, we're really powerful getting this word out. And then also, if you click on products, that's where the book is. And then also the documentary, where it's a couple mm. of bucks online. You can, cool. you can watch it. Yeah.
1: I'm thrilled. Yeah. You though. know, can you hear Yeah, the smile? You sh- I can hear it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You are, you are living your passion. You are helping other people, which there's nothing more rewarding than that, right? All right. Well, now seems like a good time to tell those of you who aren't familiar a bit about our sponsor, Gaia. I've been a big fan of Gaia for many years now, which is why they're the only content provider I've ever reached out to in regards to potentially supporting the Positive Head podcast. So, needless to say, I was very excited when they started supporting this show just a few months back. Gaia truly is my personal go-to source for streaming consciousness content on the web. They have an incredible 7,000-plus exclusive videos covering 5,000 years of wisdom. Uh, They have a plethora of uh, amazing content to always keep your positive head spinning. For example, in the newly added documentary Sacred Space and the Healing Power of Resonance, best-selling author and researcher Freddy Silva reveals how ancient sacred sites in real crop circles contain an energy code that can be transmitted at a distance to heal organisms, including people, a concept found in resonance therapy and radionics. Just slightly more interesting than another night of old friends reruns, right? So this is just one example of fascinating content you can find on Gaia. As you all hear me constantly say, it's a daily conscious effort to maintain an elevated vibration. And if you're looking to go deep down the rabbit hole to do so, then Gaia is the best place I know of to do it, period. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A.com forward slash positive head. Check it out in your your Doreen Virtue story it makes me remember a story from one of my uh a good friend of mine uh I uh, Nick I remember him telling me his dad had a um a really imp- a powerful experience at a Doreen Virtue um seminar or something where now her main focus is communicating with angelic entities right
0: I believe it is. That's, I've lost that's track kind of, of like, all she's doing, yeah, but yeah,
1: yeah. There's a lot, you know. Every time I see her name, it is somehow tied to that. And, and I had a friend who actually went to one of her seminars, and why he's in the bathroom uh, peeing, uh, an angel appears to him and communicates with him, and he has this life changing experience at her conference. So she's obviously uh, a very powerful force uh, on wow. you know, on many. Yeah, isn't that wild?
0: It is. I, I love synchronous
1: stories i've got a couple more on my sleeve for you yes i do well can i tell you well, the evp
0: story what well, you can ask me yeah a question.
1: yeah yeah i was yeah that was well i think it's the question i was gonna ask leads to the evp story because okay. you had said that's what caused you to kind of open up and come out to the world after many <laughs> years of sort of uh you know reading in 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 the closet so uh and researching in the closet so i yeah please i'd love to hear what kind of put you over the edge to lead 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 you here
0: yeah uh, great Story, uh, and throughout this time, after I first started finding out about life after death and the Doreen virtue thing, I would meet a lot of people who have lost a loved one and were grieving, and I right. felt this sense of guilt, like, oh, if only I could tell them what I know, you know. So I started feeling this moral responsibility to keep digging, so that I'll be able to share without having that fear of. What what somebody going to tell me? You know, somebody's going to ask me. You know, who do you see around me? That's a huge fear. Anyway, so I, there I was in a bookstore, and this bright orange book uh, is in my view, and it's called "The Idiot's Guide to Communicating with Spirits." And I thought, <laughs> oh, that's that's a book for me. You know, one of those books that fall off the shelf. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I start reading through it, and the person who wrote it was a, it's a minister and a spiritualist religion and her name is rita berkowitz and she is what's called a spirit artist she's now retired but throughout the book there's pictures of people as they lived real photographs and if you went to see her for a medium reading she would not only tell you about that person she'd draw a picture of them a portrait wow so i thought oh my gosh that's incredible so then I start reading and uh, learning about spiritualism it's a it's a it seems like christian based philosophy although they don't talk about jesus as the savior jesus is a medium kind of a, a f- person i mean made a huge worldwide impact but they're of the belief that our loved ones are around and at the end of every service they the me- the minister will go around the room and tell you who the deceased loved ones are just as a proof of our lives going wow. on I thought, where, where does one find one
1: of these spiritualist churches? Yeah, yeah. That's a lot right? more interesting than my oh church my was as a kid. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and so, I turned to the back of the book, and Reverend Rita and her church were just 45 minutes away from where I live in Massachusetts. Wow. Coincidence? I don't think
1: so. <laughs> so, on
0: one sun- Sunday morning, I make the drive down to Quincy, Massachusetts, and attend one of these services. And so, I actually uh, get get a chance to meet Reverend Rita and and sit through the whole thing, and uh, she takes one look at me, and she says, oh, do you know who you are? I'm like, Sandra Champlain, uh, you know? And she says, oh. Yeah. She says, no. <clears throat> she says, you're a teacher, you're a healer, you've got a big, you know, mission. She tells me something similar to the Doreen Virtue, and I thought, oh my gosh, not again, right? <laughs> Here it goes again. So, yeah. I, she welcomes me back for the following week, and I go, and instead of having the the minister do the medium reading she says i've got special guests tom and lisa uh no not tom and lisa butler there's a couple that talked about tom and lisa butler who were um the people behind this evp electronic voice phenomena there's a there's an association and so this husband and wife uh got up and they said well we never really bought into this and the husband was very scientifically minded and he said um you know i've to believe something i have to experience it so we did this test to see if this electronic voice phenomena is real so basically what it is is taking a tape recorder of some type and recording Mm -hmm. the sound of a fan in the background an air conditioner a, a blank station that's just the static on a radio and then when you play it back very possibly there could be voices and i'm thinking no way that's crazy uh, so right. he said both my my wife and i were married we had a previous marriages and we both lost children children passed away so he says my wife and i left the house we left this fan running and so our tape recorder only recorded the sounds of this fan So, he says, I'd like to play for you what was on our tape recorder when we came back in. And it said, uh, hello, mom and dad, we're still here. Don't be scared. You know, and there's like this little giggling, you know, I I might not have the words. exactly but it was something like that we're still here with you i think that's what it was we're still here with you giggle 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 and so i get goosebumps telling that story now because i'm thinking oh my gosh and so then he said okay so uh if you're interested in finding out more about this there's this couple called tom and lisa butler head of the association for electronic voice phenomena aaevp.com okay 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 i'm taking notes and so i buy this book There is no death and there are no dead. I learned all about electronic voice phenomena. I thought, bingo, if I can capture a voice, then I will be able to give people the proof that they need. It doesn't have to come out of my brain that the afterlife is real. So – Anyways, I sit at home, I have all the equipment out, and I start tuning the radio to one of these staticky channels, and Brandon, I have to tell you, the good Catholic girl, (laughs) the voice comes in and says, this is the devil's work. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. You're doing something It's always the devil. You can't, yeah, yeah, you can't be doing this. So I put this, I didn't even record. I put the tape recorder and the book in my drawer. So fast forward to October, I think it was 2005, and I was going through one of these phases that I was overworked, overweight, felt like crap, and I just wanted to go on a retreat. And so I said, okay, I got this weekend free. There's this place up in upstate New York called the Omega Center, vegetarian food, nature walks, always courses you can take. I'm going to just book something there that weekend. So that particular weekend Who's Speaking, one of the seminars, Tom and Lisa Butler on Electronic Voice oh. Phenomena. So wow. I'm thinking, I am guided here. Like, I am meant to be right. here. And I'm scared because now, is this the devil's work? You know, I remember oh, playing right, right, right. records backwards and listening for the- all <laughs> right. as a kid. Oh. So I take myself there. And again, I'm not going to tell anybody about this. But what happened was there's only... I think seven of us in the course with Tom and Lisa Butler and everybody who had lost a loved one. Everybody was looking for proof that they, they lived on. Um, it, it made total sense that they said, you know, our, our deceased loved ones live in a energetic realm like... You know, what I would explain right now is where the internet is, you know, uh, uh, wireless internet signals, wireless radio and television signals. You know, they're all around all of us right now, but we can't see them. So, I really got the picture. You don't need to see it to believe it. Like, you know, stuff happening that we don't see. That's very real. So, basically, we would start um, recording sounds of nothing and hope that there's voices that come through and over the course of the first two days and of course they played lots of examples of these um, messages that came through and they said many of them are humorous many of them most of them are loving and i love you's uh there hadn't been any scary ones even though the movie white noise said there's all these scary ones that's all right Hollywood. Um, of but- course Anyway, so I went – so I'm really believing this is real, but of course now I'm not getting a message. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go into my cabin. And I had a cabin in the woods and very safe place, but there was just a ton of rain. And I thought, you know, I wonder if rain would be a good background noise, you know? So I said – because I'm really now – like I really want to get one of these messages. Right. Oh, I – turned my tape recorder on and I envisioned my grandparents and an aunt and uncle in the room. And of course, I'm thinking I'm talking to myself. And I said, if you guys are really here and I am meant to help people believe in the afterlife, I said, I really need you to talk loud. I said, so I'm going to let this record for a minute and then I'm going to say goodnight." So there I am feeling kind of like a fool with the record button on, (laughs) recording the sound of raindrops after a minute, I say, okay, good night. So, turned it off. Well, in classroom, Brandon, we would put our um, audio recordings in Tom Butler's computer, and then we'd turn up the volume, and we'd try to loop it around and try to hear you know, these messages in the background sounds, and it was very hard to hear. Well, anyways, I didn't have any of that. I just had my headphones, and I plopped those into my little digital tape recorder, And I start listening, you know, I hear raindrops, hear raindrops, hear raindrops. And then at the, where the counter said 45 seconds, all of a sudden my body was filled with goosebumps and I'm like, there's a voice on this. And so I rewound it and what it says in a man's voice, it says, good night, Sandra. And then two women say, good night, good night. And then another male's voice says, good night. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So- that goosebumps again on my arms, telling the story. But I was both excited and kind of scared that night because I'm thinking this is all real. There's people right. around me, and I just can't and, see them.
1: And all you did was just turn on some background noise in it in a recorder, like so I could do it with my cell phone, basically, or anything that yeah, records.
0: I I would think so. I haven't um, practiced with. S- Cell phone technology, just the recorder. But basically, there was a prayer beforehand. There was, they said, imagine, see, there's something about this, imagine the safe white space that I'm in, right? right? That isn't, not the first time I'd heard that. And imagine that it was, it's just jam-packed with energy. And so I would imagine. The moon just, you know, funneling in like this power-packed, glistening, sparkly kind of energy. You know, I'm thinking I'm making this stuff up, but I also thought I was making up the people in California. You know, and I was not. So it it was that, and then asking our loved ones to be there and with a very pure heart. You know, if, if there's a message. And so when I got to class the next day. I tell Tom and Lisa Butler, you know, I, I got one, you know, I felt like I was fishing and I got the big one. But what happened is the other people that had lost their loved ones, uh, they knew just from the sound that I got that their loved ones were okay, even though they personally didn't get it. Right. So that I said, oh, I got to start telling people about this. So then I did. And so people were funny because they're like, I don't believe it. And I said, well, uh, let's try Let to do Yeah. So, not only did I do that, but I started working with people all for free, never charged a penny, just as a science project. The best I could do to recreate the sound of the water was to put the shower on or sink on in the background. And what started happening sometimes is in my mind's eye, I would see a picture of a person and then... Uh, like, there was this one man that uh, I met at a conference, because I went to an afterlife conference, you know, I had the guts to go somewhere there, like that, right. and I, I and uh, I said, I'm seeing this little girl with pigtails and a gap between her front teeth, blue eyes, brown hair, uh, I hear I can't remember her name, but it was like Cindy, and on the recording, it said, hello, Billy, remember the game we used to play, Remember Clue? Well, I perfectly described his sister. That was her name. And that was the game they played. Wow. So he knew that his sister went on. And so I got many stories like that. But what happened was conveniently, my brain says, oh, you know, your business is suffering. I had a second business then. I owned a coffee and chocolate store. Um, I was very busy with both businesses. And uh, I conveniently uh, bought into... Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to listen. What's more important is my failing businesses, and I put all that stuff on the on the back burner. You know, someday I'm going to write a book on this, but I always said someday, but not now, right? Right. So um, time goes by so fast. Anyways, I want to talk about my dad's death, which really propelled me into. Darn it! I'm going to get this out globally. Can I do that?
1: Right. Yes, (laughs) please. Yeah.
0: Uh, sometimes i take over the conversation I maybe mean, that's I'm what this is about.
1: about hey you know oh. what i do f- i do five episodes a week so my interview episodes are my f- i love them because i'm like i get to hear someone other than myself <laughs> and <laughs> with different thoughts experiences etc and and i'm sure as much as my listeners love me uh, for the most part they appreciate it too so this is all about you please take okay over. good
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, listeners, for your generous listening. Uh, So, (laughs) my dad, uh, when was it? It was 2010. We find out that he has a tumor that has broken apart his part of his spine. And my dad was very healthy. Um, at the age of 73, 74, he was still somebody who bicycled 20 miles a day. Wow. And in a, just five months time, he went from really healthy to being diagnosed with cancer to finally taking his last breath. And wow. it was horrible. Anyone who has lost A loved one with cancer it's it was i could not even imagine seeing somebody suffer like they did and my dad and i developed a really 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 close relationship in fact i was the only single kid so i relocated from massachusetts to florida to be with him um for most of the time between going off and doing my catering job catering for the race car teams and we really developed a very very close relationship it was really great in fact um Here's one of those other synchronistic stories. I didn't practice mediumship after I did the Doreen Virtue thing, because again, I I don't know. There was just not a calling for it in my mind. You know, I, I just right. didn't feel like I was the one for that. But looking into my dad's eyes, knowing that his time on earth was limited, uh, I'm like, Dad, there's something I've got to tell you. And he's like, sweetie pie, you can tell me anything. And I'm thinking, dad went to church every single day of his life. And right. uh, I mean, wow. his adult life. And I'm thinking, he's going to think I'm nuts, right? <laughs> like,
1: right, oh, right, this
0: is the devil's work for sure. But I shared with him the Doreen Virtue thing, the EVP thing, the, some of the courses that I've taken. And he just had these big eyes and he held my hand. And you know, a part of me feels that even very religious people um, that believe in God and believe in the afterlife, you know, it is faith. And, and But towards those final weeks and months and days faced with a terminal illness, um, there's fear there. I, I can't help sure. but think that there wouldn't be, right? So, yeah. anyways, I said, and then all of a sudden, Brandon, this was so bizarre, but I see in my mind's eye this yellow Piper Cub airplane with black letters. And I'm like, well, this is strange. But, I mean, it came out of nowhere. And I said, dad, I'm see. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I said, and then all of a sudden I'm hearing the name Jim. And then all of a sudden I'm hearing, tell your dad, I did get to bring my toys with me. This is bizarre. So I said, dad, I don't know what, if this means anything, but this is coming into my mind. And so my dad started to cry and he said, my, my dad had been a cancer survivor from 30 years prior and he he would help other cancer patients believe that they can heal themselves and they can, you know, so many great things my dad did, but to his friend, Jim, who owned a yellow Piper cub with black letters, he said, Jim, you can fight this cancer because you don't get to bring your toys with you.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and he's coming now saying I did get to bring them with me. Correct. Correct. Oh, wow. I know. So <laughs> my cool. dad's
0: like, I want to know everything.
1: So I Whoa. told him everything.
0: Dad says, Sandra, you promised me you write a book on this. I said, Dad, I promise. I'm thinking, how the heck am I going to do that? But I, I promise. Well, dad passes away. And in that time, my I'd, I had a pretty close relationship with my siblings. You know, I never thought that we could ever have any problems and Mm -hmm. we started fighting about dad's care and then after dad passed away uh, dad's belongings uh, I got um, labeled as the greedy sister Uh, Mm. and basically the uh, relationships I had with my siblings fell apart and uh, yeah in fact out of the four kids there's only one after seven years that we're talking, right? I wish I wow. g- could tell everybody that I'm so transformed that I'm able to fix every problem, but I'm not. And, uh, yeah, I'm still human and I still, yeah, do the best I can. But, you know, with other people involved, you know. Takes we know two. I say. It takes two. So, It was a time of not only losing my dad, which was incredibly painful, but now not only losing relationships with my siblings, going, what the heck happened? Like, how could we be fighting about things that never even happened? You know, and how could I be labeled the greedy sister when I thought, gosh, everybody else is married, you know, let me help out. And so I hit an all-time low as a human being. Uh, not suicidal, but I could totally get why anybody who would feel this bad would want to check out on life. So I was able to have some, yeah, compassion and see it. And I, I I mean, I, I felt really dark and dismal and it was almost like, you know, you see in the cartoons, the light bulb went out, but in my mind's eye, it was like, Sandra, start studying grief. And so, I just wanted to feel better is the truth. But I started digging into grief. And certainly there's people go through the angry stage and the bargaining stage and acceptance finally and all these things, denial. Um, But I thought, why does it have to hurt so bad? And why would good loving people become such monsters? Even myself, I mean, I saw an anger in me that I've never felt before. And so I actually decided to dig until I found an answer, and lo and behold, I found it. I found out that our brain chemistry changes when we experience grief, whether, you know, the most devastating is from loss of a loved one, but it can also happen if we lose a relationship, you know, go through a divorce or any kind of separation, if we lose our finances, if we're faced with, a, a like, a terrible illness, um, even empty nest syndrome when, you know, m- moms can lose their children off to college. And it's a very real thing. And this is a really poor comparison, but it's the best one I have, that if you could imagine somebody has um, been addicted to, say, a drug, right? Like, you can really... S- Picture that person, and if you pull that drug away from them, they go through what's called withdrawal, and their body is going through this huge chemical change, and it's really fighting, trying to get that substance, and they're not pretty. Well, when we are grieving, you know, that substance that we're addicted to—it's—it's it's love, it's that right. thing, you know, and it's very real when we lose that uh, connection, and so we lose a very large amount of healthy neurotransmitters that run through our system. And the impact of that is these neurotransmitters control our mood. You know, that's why we get so angry and so sad. They control our uh, perception. So, a lot of people that are grieving can tell you, like, I can't remember if I ate breakfast this morning, can't remember where I put my keys. Well, it controls our memory. It controls our view of life. So, things that we see happening our brain might store them other ways than they actually did and all of a sudden I've got this aha like my siblings and I were fighting about things that didn't happen because we are dealing with unhealthy brains that don't know this right so then I'm like oh my gosh and so then I kept digging and digging and digging and okay what can we do to restore our healthy uh, you know chemicals in our brain and, you know, doing anything that makes us feel good, whether it's sunlight or watching a movie or reading or being in the present moment, things that um, will take our mind off of whatever the suffering is. Um, uh, Anyway, so uh, fast forward, I learned so much and so much helped me with my own grief that I created this free audio called How to Survive Grief. And this still is on the website, survivegrief.com, uh, today. It's a 70-minute audio all about grief and how to survive it, et cetera, so wow. forth. And so I put it out there, and I said, this, and, and at the time, you know, I only had a couple hundred friends on Facebook, um, but I said, you know what, this is really, this information helped me through the death of my dad. If you anybody knows anybody who's had a loss, feel free to share it. Well, in a matter of a couple of months, over 3,000 people had heard it. And cool. people started writing me that not only did it help ease their pain, um, but that's when I started getting emails that I chose not to kill myself because of your words wow. because i i describe in that audio what thoughts your brain will tell you mm. and people you know if you've never experienced grief and you hit that rock bottom and all of a sudden somebody's telling you it's natural for your brain to be telling you this like oh my god yeah. that's not me so and you that, can
1: create separation between you yeah, and the thought right
0: correct correct and and so much more and so you get enough emails that say, you've changed my life. I have life because of you. My children have a mother because of you. I was going to you know, end my life, but uh, you know, I get enough of these. And then Brandon and I actually felt like I have a moral responsibility to get these words out as far as I can. And sure. I thought, how do I do that? And I thought oh, I made that promise to Dad that I I got to write a book. God, I'm not smart enough to write a book. <laughs> Who's going <laughs> to listen to me? And then you know, as miracles happen, I, I am on the on the internet, and I found a right. a, a how to write a book seminar called Author One Hundred One University, and um, mm. I go to it, and I actually meet the uh, publisher, and I. Um, for the very first time, had the courage to share my whole story, and and I was scared because this man's I'm thinking he's going to think I'm crazy, you know, especially <laughs> I talk about EVPs and you know all this stuff. Yeah. He didn't. I found out his dad had just passed away and my words really helped him just in that short conversation. And he says, have you ever written a book? I said, no. Have you ever written anything? No. (laughs) And he says, do me a favor, your most powerful words. He says, write it like you're writing to me. And he says, tell me your story. And he told me how to, you know, look up how to write a book proposal. And I did everything he said, and I I gave him the book proposal, and then that's when I get the phone call. Um, How soon can you have this whole book written? We'd love to publish you. And so I strategically, and just a little plug for my book, but – Yes, the title is We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And I do deliver on every single thing that I learned that makes me believe life after death is real. But then chapter 10 is that audio about grief. Mm. And then I thought, you know, people can come because they want to learn about life after death but darn it they're going to get the information about grief and then the rest of it very similar to guests you have on your show is how to have an empowering life while you're here on earth and um, i just i just thought of one small synchronistic moment that i can't (laughs) let go by with the book please don't (laughs) i know i know you're gonna love it well it's actually two things when it came time to uh create a subtitle i thought I don't know. I knew the book was going to be called We Don't Die, but I didn't know a subtitle. I had a friend of mine that was helping me brainstorm it. And uh, all of a sudden on an airplane, I, I hear in my mind, a skeptic's discovery of life after death. Thought, thought that's it. And so when I landed and I called him, he started to cry, big manly man, because he said to me, he said, last night before I went to bed, I wrote down the exact same seven words. A skeptics discovery of life after death and also i have the magnificent dr bernie siegel who wrote the forewords in my book and he also wrote the blurb for the front cover and the day that he sent me the blurb that he'd like to have on the front cover was also the the same day i receive the cover um you know, possible cover from a book cover designer. Now, I never told her what I wanted on the book. Nothing. I just said, you know, this is my, you know, this is the book so far that I, what I have. And so um, she sends me this beautiful picture of a bridge crossing into a golden light. And on the very same day, I get this email from dr bernie siegel who says uh the blurb he would like to have on the front cover is this book will allow you to truly understand creation and the nature of life perfection awaits us all when we leave our bodies and cross the bridge
1: wow oh that's yeah, yes. beautiful
0: yeah he didn't know the cover designer i mean it's just uh so many wow. good things and so isn't it that,
1: amazing how yeah. that opens up you know yeah and when so you when then, you get in the state
0: yeah, and so then now the book's out, and I, there's nothing I can do but now share it. And what I have found is, yes, there in the very beginning, there was this fear of telling people that I've written this book. But more people than not have wanted to read it. They wanted to know my stories. Uh, men and women alike, I find that most people— Although you know we all have this voice in our mind that's fearful of what people will think of us, but so many people have had some kind of an interesting experience, whether it's knowing who's going to answer the who's going to be on the phone before you know when the phone rings or whatever that is. So people are open. And it just has been widely discussed. You know, we do have a fear. It's human, I think, of what people will think. But now I am so far out of the closet, especially with my (laughs) podcast. And I'll be speaking at a a big afterlife conference called the Afterlife Symposium in September uh, 2017, Scottsdale, Arizona, all about the afterlife. Very exciting stuff. You know, I'm not turning back because without the fear of dying, I really do feel that we don't have to have a fear of living, you know?
1: Yeah, I love that. I love the work. And it's, you know, I, I always try and drive home the point on my show, we, time is an illusion. We're floating in eternity now. We know time is an illusion. So, you know, you're here in the physical uh, at this moment. You're, you're physically focused, but- you know you it's just death is a birth right when when we we die here we're born to the dimension from which we came, which we died yeah. to that dimension in a sense when we were born here, so death is a yes. birth and birth is a death, and you have nothing to sort of fear these transitions are uh, things that you do you know time and time and time again. It's just a another um you know fork in the road of your eternal journey. Yeah, and
0: there's no such thing as failure. You know, um, people, human beings, they say our biggest fears are fear of dying, fear of failure, and fear of being alone. And, you know, the good news is there's no such thing as failure. I think this is all growth for our soul. Um, Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, to have a fear of dying. Well, we don't die. You're going to Simply close your eyes here, open them somewhere else. Great, and all your loved ones are going to be there cheering you on. Big parade for you. You've made it through the finish line. <laughs> right, and then, right, right. And then we're which not is what I alone. always
1: envision. This is what yeah. I always envision. <laughs> it's
0: awesome. And,
1: and where's then this, the party with all my friends and family who are yeah, glad I'm we'll back be and were part there. of and my journey
0: animals too you know i hear like i said i've had almost 200 conversations with people many have had near-death experiences oh and the Mm -hmm. stories just give me goosebumps because your pets are there too your grandparents your friends i mean just nothing is lost we we, we look back on our life and that is a kind of a fear that i have is did i get my money's worth out of life
1: (laughs) right right Right. So have you had any, uh, you know, another uh, subject that's very close, closely tied here that I I find very fascinating is uh, reincarnation. Have you had any sort of experiences, bumps up against that topic or memories or anything like that?
0: yeah you know interesting i with my hypnosis courses and even um studying with a little bit with dr brian weiss uh and learning uh, yeah. about past lives like that's some juicy stuff and i so personally i buy into reincarnation as a reality especially you know when a little child dies how could it be that's their only shot right like i, You're I right, right, right. To believe it but one of the guests that i had on my show um really interesting as a very very young age her son would have these dreams and be screaming out like the ship is going down you know the ship Mm. is going down you know and and, like really scary stuff and then he started to draw pictures at like three four years old of a ship that looked very close to the titanic and so the older he got not only would he draw the pictures but he would draw the diagrams of what the floors look like and where the stairwells were and stuff like that. And um, wow, also, yeah, the Titanic had, you know, the smokestacks that come out of the top. There mm-hmm. were, I think there were four on it. I can't really remember. But what she had said was that in all of his pictures, there was just three uh, smoke coming only out of three of them. And he'd say things like, oh, mama, that's because that other one was a dummy stack you know, we we made it to make the ship look good, but it wasn't really needed. Mm. And so, yeah.
1: Wow, I mean, just, what a weird thing for a child to say.
0: Yeah, and to, and to find out that that's the truth.
1: Even weirder. <laughs>
0: yeah, and that his floor layouts were correct. And she said at five or six years old, she brought him to a Titanic exhibit. And she says most little kids were just Running around and they had no interest in it. But this little kid, he stopped and he looked at everything, you know? Wow. So I thought, oh. And there's a guy, I don't know if you've researched Dr. Ian Stevenson. Uh, he's deceased now, but he studied over 3,000 uh, memories of children. And mm was able to connect to people that had actually lived you know children that would speak a foreign language of course they didn't want it, you know like so many fascinating things and so i love it i love it i love the whole thought of it and um what a lot of people say is if we don't complete something in this lifetime you know there is reincarnation uh and we'll do it again and you know some of these things i don't really want to do again so sometimes i think yeah it's a little intimidating right Oh yeah, and also one other thing. People say that have had all these near-death experiences is that we have this life review, and that we actually witness our life from the impact it had on other people. So we feel the yeah. pain we caused. It seems caused to be people. a very
1: common, yeah.
0: Yeah, we. But then we see the joy, and we see the ripple effect. So, like for instance, one of your shows might be the thing to help get somebody on track with their life or starting a business or whatever that may be, but you'll actually get to see the ripple effect that it had on their lifetime. You know, so maybe this show,
1: maybe we'll be watching, we'll be watching. Remember when we did this show and we can see the ripple effect. (laughs)
0: Toasting a glass of champagne or something. Yeah, But, uh, (laughs)
1: But,
0: but what, what it makes me do is, you know, like I said at the beginning, I'm still human. I don't have it all figured out. But there are times in my life when I'm like, I want to bend the truth a little. Yeah, maybe lie, right? And I thought, <laughs> oh, geez, if I'm going to have to replay this in some time, I better do right. the right thing. Also, yeah, it right. does. It has me do the right thing. It has me be as compassionate. And, uh, and you know, I even though things aren't settled within my own family, uh, one sister it is and now we have a closer relationship than we did before but I think what it does is it keeps me on my path because yeah. I know this is happening to other families and if I do trust that we don't die I and I totally believe that there are these soul contracts that we make with some of the players in our life like okay, you you come into my life you do this so I can learn yep. this you know yep. and then maybe we're all in on it you know maybe yep so I, that, that I think so. Yeah, that helps me. You know, and then all I can keep doing is doing the best I can, doing what I know to do, um, and I love it. I love it. Did it's I obvious. I, I mean, it? It, yeah.
1: yeah, it radiates off of you. You are such a powerful energy and presence, and you know, obviously, such a such a bright light, uh, and, and so encouraging to hear your your own journey. And I'm certainly appreciative of you. You know, taking the time to share and connect here. Well, speaking before we kind of wrap things up here, what what what's next for you? Where do you take this from here? What, any any plans?
0: Well, yeah i I've gotten the word the term "We Don't Die" trademarked. Um, oh, cool! And I see before me what's happening is uh, not just my podcast, but I have invited my listeners um, to join the group. Uh, we don't die listeners on Facebook. I know you have a positive positive head a Facebook group too that I just applied to be in um but Ah. I have created this map you might want to do this too of your listeners and it's showing like oh there's a big group showing up in Boston there's a big group in Salt Lake City and big group in Australia and so I want to have like seminars and speak and have people have their own local I don't want to call them support groups it's more well it's more support about living you know um but we th- human beings thrive when they can be part of something. So, like being part of your radio show, uh, your podcast, being part of your Facebook group, um, being being able to talk to like-minded people about what's in our heart. You know, I think all of us. When we look at life as an education for the soul, when we look at that we're here to learn, to love, to forgive, to, you know, like I said, get our money's worth out of life, to take risks, go after our dreams, we can help support each other. So, I, I'm seeing, like, in my mind's eye, like, how do I do that? Through speaking through, um, like, I'm speaking at the afterlife, org is the website if anybody wants to check out that, um, that great symposium I'll be speaking at, but it's to create. Like, not just the virtual world, but real friends, real communities, Mm -hmm. that we talk the same language and that we can really help each other succeed in life. That we can, you know, if we have a fear, like, you know, we can encourage each other. So, uh, I'm sure there'll be another book or some kind of a course or something in the future. But um, I continue to learn. I continue to interview great people and share. And wherever i can make a difference
1: that's, that's love it. That's it well that's it i have uh, i have no <laughs> doubt that you will continue to send positive ripples everywhere you you happen to uh to be and uh it's certainly been a pleasure to have you on this show i do have one last question i'd like to leave you with um i always uh open with the same question and with the same question the the closing question is uh In 60 seconds or less, what is the meaning of life, according to Sandra Champlain?
0: Oh, the meaning of life, according to Sandra Champlain, is coming to a place we call planet earth, where it's unlike heaven, where it's all good all of the time, which could be very, very boring. It's a place where we can work and be with other people, where we can experience emotions, where... Uh, we can set up challenges for ourselves and we can learn, we can grow. Um, life, meaning of life is, is it's an education for the soul. It is giving our soul a richness. Um, yeah. In so many different ways. Uh, there's so many different emotions, Brandon, and to be able to experience them um, and, and even a bigger gift is to help, another person uh Mm. to serve another person and so this playground we call planet earth is a place for all of that to love to serve to learn to forgive ourselves for others but ultimately it is that we are all this eternal soul that is having a human experience that it Mm. is a place for us to to learn and to shine polishing the diamond so to speak that
1: we are. <laughs> i love that sandra thank you so so much for taking the time to share and connect you are a lovely a lovely diamond indeed and uh, i look forward to connecting with you again
0: oh and a little gift for you and your listeners if you oh, go to I'll my guess. website we don't die radio.com or sandra it'll say um Uh, Click here to join our Insiders Club, and I don't spam you, I promise, but it'll say you can get the audio, How to Survive Grief, and it also says you can get the first chapter of my book. Here's, Here's the gift. It's the whole book. Because I oh, know cool. in our one hour interview, there's no way I could tell you all the different things that have me know that life after death is real and everything else that I deliver and everything about grief. So if you join that Insiders Club, you can get it all, you know, and I welcome wow. people to listen to my shows as well. There's no selling, yeah. no, no commercials just like you. It is just heart to heart conversations that I guarantee will make a difference in your life.
1: I love that. Thank you so much. That's such a gracious gift. I know there will definitely be people that want to come and and, uh, take advantage of that uh, generous offer. And uh, yeah, thank you again, Sandra. This has been amazing.
0: Yeah, thank you too. Thank you. I'm proud to be your friend.
1: (laughs) Indeed. Till next time, journey well. Well, everyone, that concludes this week's interview episode. If you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please take a minute. Give us a rating or review on iTunes. Since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting, uh, your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world. Because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life. Because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, By all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. (laughs) Otherwise, as you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.